This is the Bob McCallum Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. As always, John Shannon is with us. How are you today? Okay? Great. I am great today. The weather's beautiful. Baseball team won a game last night. Life is good, Bob. Yeah, well, I assume that's what you watched last night. A little as bit. Did I, in and out. As did I. Yeah, in and well, out. Although it was an inter- it's sort of an interesting game because all the runs came in the first, what, three or four innings. Right. And it was all base hits. It was no home runs, no power. And uh, even Katucci gave up his two runs early in the ball game. After that, basically big nothing. It, it, and and really, it, in in so many ways, isn't that the story of this baseball team? Is that you know they were the philosophy that we always thought this team was going to have was going to be the the best long ball hitting team in in Major League Baseball. And the I don't know whether we thought. They, did you really think that at the beginning of the year? No, no, no. I'm 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 probably talking over the last three or four years, Bob. Probably that since. that much I would give you. Is that this this team was supposed to hit dingers all the time? Yeah, and and they were supposed to come from all over the all over the lineup. Was no matter what that they would get a home run or two or three, and now they've now they're playing billy ball. Well, nobody seems to be willing to hit a home run. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, I I think I don't, they want to. I don't know if they're. I think they're willing. Well, to, maybe but... they do, but I haven't looked. But I'll bet you they're one of the worst long ball hitting teams in baseball right now. And we th- we haven't seen that for an awful long period of time. I think I think it's I think it's one of the key stories of why this team is only well. It's a concern. I will give you that. I don't know whether yeah. it's a reason, but uh, listen, we got to take a break. Our guest is uh, J.P. Morosi. We'll talk baseball with him when we return after this message. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. McCown and Shannon, we are back. And uh, J.P. Morosi is with us from uh, the Big Apple. What are you doing there? I, I mean, I know you're supposed to be working, but what are you working on? Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, so I, I would say this. I, I am with you because, for, first of all, you're dear friends of mine. Second of all, I am a fan of your show. And third of all, I, I've got a pretty fun matchup to talk about tonight. We've got the Mets and the Phillies here at City Field um, on MLB Network. I'm excited about that matchup. I got to watch Kodai Senga last night uh, on my preparation day. So I arrived in New York yesterday. You come here, you gather your notes, you make sure that you're all set for the broadcast. You try to watch the game the night before, uh, before tonight's game. And I watched Kodai Senga, seven innings, 100 pitches, one bloop single. 
that he gave up. And he throws, Bob, what is known as the ghost forkball. It has flummoxed hitters around the world. And uh, the Major League Baseball hitters have yet to be able to catch up with it because that ghost forkball, which just drops off the table, no one can touch it. And he was absolutely dialed in last night. Okay, so you have your fingers apart. That's why it's a forkball. Why does it why does it break so precipitously? Uh, it's a great question. I, I think because of the arm action that he has, the the arm speed, the velocity, and and it's very effective because of the way in which it differentiates from his fastball. When he's commanding his fastball, and Buck Showalter, the Mets manager, talked about this last night. When he's commanding the fastball in the zone well. The ghost forkball looks enough like the fastball you can't that tell, the right. has a hard time differentiating, and all of a sudden it drops, and mm. they're they're in a tough spot. But I think the really interesting part, Bob and John, going forward is going to be for the Mets: how do they determine the rest for their veteran starters? Because Senga, interestingly, has yet to make a start on four days rest. Of course, in Japan, you play six games a week. There are Six starters, everybody gets an additional day off. So basically, you start right. once a week in Japan. Uh, it's different here in the States, obviously. And so Senga has yet to make a start on four days rest. I believe at some point he will. But for Buck Showalter and the Mets, they also have to manage Justin Verlander, who's getting up there in years and, and does not pitch as often on regular rest. In fact, he has made just one start on four days rest this season. Max Scherzer has made just two starts on four days rest. And Carlos Carrasco, who goes tonight, has, like Senga, mm. yet to start on regular rest. So that, that to me, is – that's the – the numbers are great, but then you have to look at it and say, how often are you able to start on regular rest and what does that mean for how you manage the rest of your staff? And and the Mets have to deal with that question. The Jays do in their own way. Every major league team does. Yeah. It's not just performance. It's the rest, the underlying rest that's so important. But, but you know, you're talking Mets-Phillies. Are, are those two teams that have completely underachieved so far this season when you think that the Mets are only two games over 500 and the Phillies aren't at all? I, they, they both are. They both are underachievers. Yeah. They are underachievers, but not in the same way that the Padres are underachieving. No. The Padres, the Padres, uh, the basically the Blue Jays and the, the Phillies and the Mets, any team that is underperforming their expectations should sign and send a gigantic thank you card to San Diego because they are, uh, from an industry standpoint, absorbing all of the questions about what the heck is going on there because they are underachieving by by such a wide margin that it has rendered all other underachievements <laughs> somewhat reasonable by reasonable by comparison is where the, the Padres maybe, are at the moment. Maybe, but the Padres are compared to the Dodgers inevitably. And while the Dodgers are no juggernaut by any stretch this year, they are, I think, the only National League team playing 600 baseball, which right. I find really extraordinary. You have They're a whole bunch of teams basically the same. The Dodgers are the only ones over that project anything close to 100 wins. Mm -hmm. There, there are two really good teams, I believe, Bob, in in the National League: the Dodgers and the Braves. Now, the Braves have have slowed their pace a little bit because they've dealt with their own rotation injuries with Max Fried and, and Kyle Wright, but. By and large, the Braves lineup with Sean Murphy, who's an MVP candidate, and Ronald Acuna Jr., who's an MVP candidate, uh, Austin Riley, who's a star, they've 
got a really good team. I think Atlanta's going to be able to win in the mid-90s with their lineup alone. And if they get freed back or if Alex Anthopoulos makes a big deal or the Canadian right-hander, Mike Soroka, is now back finally after a couple injury plague seasons. So I'm very happy for Mike and his family to see him back in the major leagues after a couple Achilles uh, injuries. So I think the Braves... They'll get there. They'll they'll be a playoff team. The, the Dodgers and Braves are the two best, and then it's everybody else. We'll see on on the Diamondbacks. Interestingly, the team that traded Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays has gotten really good, and that's that's Arizona. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, hmm. uh, old friend of the Blue Jays fans, he is having I think a, an All Star beginning of the season for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and so I think they're right now probably the third best team out there. And and you're waiting now on teams like the Mets and the Phillies to see if they pick things up. And also, by the way, who's going to win the National League Central? The Cardinals continue to be an up-and-down team. Is it the Brewers? Is it the Pirates? There's a lot of questions right now in that division where – Yeah, but the, there's I, is there anybody any good in that division? Right. Well, the winner they're, they're, of the Central. The Jays yeah. are playing the best team right now. Jays are playing right. Milwaukee right now. So The winner of the Central, Bob, might win – 84 or 85 games maybe even exactly well it makes you it makes me wonder at least whether the national league is having an off year i mean is this a bad national league or are we looking at texas and tampa and comparing everybody to them which you have to because they're by miles the two best teams in baseball maybe this is maybe this is an indication though jp to bob's point of the more balanced schedule and we're seeing we're we're seeing uh, not necessarily parity but we're seeing the better league you know win more games against the other league because there's they're playing more games against them right that's an excellent point john and i think that we're seeing to your point, with the with the new balance schedule and more games that are interleague, more games that are out of your division, it is a fairer representation of how good you actually are. For a long time, your numbers would be skewed. It's interesting to go back and wonder about this. If we had this schedule and if we had this playoff format with the three wildcard teams – how many times would the Jays have made the playoffs in between the early 90s and, and 2015 when when they had some really good teams? When when you had Aaron Hill and Vernon Wells and Roy Halladay and, and that, that group of players, they probably would have made the playoffs a couple times. Um, with their with how talented they were, they just kept kept running up against <laughs> the, the juggernaut Yankees and, and Red Sox and eventually the Rays. Uh, for a while, once the Rays got good in 2008. So I I think it's a really good point that John makes. Um, It it shows, I think, that the two best divisions in the sport clearly right now are the American League East number one and the American League West number two. If you So you've got all five teams in the AL East that have been above 500 for most of the year. And then in the AL West, you've got four of the five who are, in my opinion, really good ball clubs. Whoever finishes fourth in the West is going to be a really good ball club. Obviously, we we know Oakland's going to finish last. But you've seen the Angels get a lot better. Texas is significantly better in the first year of Bruce Bochy as their manager. And so I, I really believe that we're going to see some some – significant progress made um by by the AL West teams and and we might end up seeing a an ALCS between the Rays and the Rangers this season. Look at the schedule is BS period end of story. There there's no justification for American League teams playing National League teams. 
at the rate they do now. Like to play two, three, four games against a team in in a league that does not compete against you, that has no influence whatsoever in, in whether you get into the playoffs or not, is nonsense to me. That well, either, either either you have either you have a thirty or thirty or how many teams are in baseball? Thirty. 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 If you have a thirty-team league, fine. Then you play everybody, and you play everybody approximately the same number of times. That's fine. But if you've got two 15-league teams and you're going to play a handful of games against the other league, there's no that, that's irrelevant. It'd be like the National Hockey League going to play the Czech League for, for 15 games a year. It means nothing. Well, I, I would actually... It has no say, consequence. But, but I would say this, Bob. Now that we've got the AL and NL playing the same rules... So that means in a, all right. Uh, that's fine. I, I I'm all right with that. I didn't say anything about rules. I said schedule. But but let's 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 remember this. Um, in the National Hockey League right now, you do play everybody at least some percentage of your schedule. Obviously, it's a different number of games, different structure to the sport. But the principle is the same. Uh, well, but let but, me ask you something. Can a, a team and another division affect whether you get into the playoffs or not? Sure, they sure. can. Exactly. Sure. Can that happen in baseball? Can sure. a National League team impact whether a team gets into the playoffs in the American League? No. No, but but Bob, you, they, you can't lose out to a team in the National League. You can't. But if if you look at the, the the structure is the same though. You're if you are the the Anaheim Ducks will never compete with the Florida Panthers for a for a direct playoff berth in terms of you make it, I don't make it. But sure they the, could. The games between them will influence that. Same thing is true in baseball. A game between the Cardinals and the Tigers won't necessarily be for a So a game against Czechoslovakia would influence you too, but they don't do that. You know, go and play Japan for 10 or 12 days. You know, they don't do that kind of stuff. No, but This is all all mumbo-jumbo nonsense to create rivalries and things that is perceived the fan in in America wants. And it's nonsense. No, I, I think we're I think we're crap. seeing a, a morphing of Major League Baseball because we're, you know, we're on the we're within the next five years we're going to probably have expansion, and then we're going to have a thirty-two team league, and then we're going to redefine the divisions and only have one league, not two, right? John? Well, fine. Then let's do it then. Then let's ha- change no, the, the is, schedule at the, that point. This is to do the it morphing now is of ridiculous. It. Well, they did do it, Bob. So it's too late. And this well, is the but, morphing. So what? So we're supposed to it. sit here and accept it? No. I'm going to tell you what I think. I think it's crap that the American, excuse me, the American League and the National League have played each other during the regular season. It's stupid. It makes no sense whatsoever. Play the teams in your own league. Play the teams that you have to beat in order to get to the postseason. <laughs> Period. Bob, Bob wants 1977. Yeah, sure. I, why not? I, I would say, Bob, I I respectfully disagree, my friend, because well, you're an idiot then. Well, okay, well, here you go. If you look at this, <laughs> we're trying to sell the product of Major League Baseball. Show You're telling Otani. me the Milwaukee Brewers in Toronto sell product? How many did they have last night? The game was but half remember, empty. Because of this, because of the fact that the Brewers and, and Blue Jays are playing, this is the same structure that allows Shohei Otani to play against every team in the sport. Don't care. And, and I, I care. And the fans, trust me. The fans, the fans in National League ballparks who get a chance to watch him and Trout and the superstars of the game, 
They care. They're excited by this. This is empirically good for the game's growth. I, you know, somebody says that, and you're buying that. Look, I we all grew up in an era where Juan Marichal and Sandy Koufax. Oh my God, would, you're bringing would, up Juan Marichal and Sandy Koufax? Yeah, would pitch once a year on television, and that's all we saw them. Period. They both were National Leaguers. If you didn't live in the National League city, you weren't going to see them. And guess what? Thousands of people went to the game. The game was still successful. To change all this is fine if you're going to change it the whole way. But to nibble and nibble around is nonsense. You're not going to see... (coughs) They are not going to guaranteed to see Otani pitch at their stadium every year. Are they? Are they? A national team. No, but but their team play Otani's team every year. Which so what? What does that got to do with anything? You give a crap about the rest of the Angels? Nobody does. You care? You'd like to see Otani pitch, but there's no guarantee that Otani will pitch. No, but you'd still Otani. Otani and Trout are two guys I'd like to see play, and I don't whether Otani pitches that day. I'd like to see him at the plate. Right. I think that. I mean, I don't. I get on an airplane and go then. See that? I think you know, the world has changed. The world has changed. How people, uh, it, it, you know, watch games has changed, Bob. That's a pile of crap. You know, you know it, 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 no, it isn't, Bob. It's yeah, the, you the, are. You're, you're, all you're doing is you're buying into Major League Baseball's scenario, which they created on their own. It, it it's not somebody else's scenario. If you're going, if if you're what is their scenario? To this Tell is to give people a Bob. chance to see other players than. Play enough games to make sure you see all the other players. Period. Here's some. Here's a good exercise. Go back and look at the attendance numbers during what we generally regard to be the golden era of baseball, whether it's the 50s or the 60s. Mickey Mantle, Maris, the home run chase. Check out how many fans were at the ballpark on on those games and compare it to now. The attendance now is extraordinarily higher. The interest in the game that metric is greater in the last decade than it's ever been. And that's a really important thing to keep in mind that, that yes, there were, there were great times in the past, but the game is actually more accessible and more popular now by many metrics than it's ever been. And, and so you have to then give credit to some of the changes that have come along with how often the superstars are going to different places. I would, I would be curious. And it, for me, it's a big deal as a hockey fan and a hockey person. It's a big deal when Sid comes to your town, when Ovechkin comes to your town, when McDavid comes to your town. As a basketball fan, uh, I don't follow the NBA very closely, but sure, I'd like to see LeBron play in, in your city every year. Fine, but they play every night. So if their if their team is going to play in your city, you're and you go to that game, you're going to see that player play if that's what you want. I think that's a pile of baloney, but nonetheless. At least that's going to happen. If it's a star pitcher, you know, if it's a Notani, if it was, you know, Koufax, it is. There's no guarantee whatsoever. No. None. But it, it, but this this speaks to how I I think the game has completely evolved, Bob. I I think that and 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 it's also one of those ones where you say. There was a special time. There is a special time, I think, for baseball fans to be able to go to an, an American League city and watch the Dodgers play. I, 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 I still, no, I, I, I I, no I not, not, nec- 
No, I know, but I think a lot of people do. I think I a lot of people have agree. fun with that. Look at we used to play 19 games against the divisional opponents, right? Yeah. What do they play now? 14? 14. Is that better? I think it is because it gives you more I don't. schedule. I'll tell you, I used to go to every game. The fact that the Yankees were there, the Red Sox were there, whoever was there for 19 days, so what? It mean it didn't mean I was less interested because they were there too often, and that I'm more interested now because they only play 14. What I'm interested in is who are the other five teams are playing now on those dates? And they're playing a bunch of teams I don't care about. Do I care about Milwaukee? No. Am I interested in whether what place Milwaukee's in? I am not. Do I care about their players? Do I know their players? Do I have any familiarity with them? I do not. And I'll tell you, most fans are like me. They don't know who these guys are. They aren't, they aren't, they aren't challenges. They aren't, there's, sure, there's, maybe there's a great team in the National League one year and you'd like to see them. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a great player in the National League and you'd like to see him. But it just doesn't happen every night. So you just talked, but you talked about, uh, you know, the, the only 600 uh, level team in the, in the National League was the Dodgers. You don't want to see the Dodgers play in Toronto? No, you don't want to see. You don't want to see the. You watch, how many drama? games? How many Dodger games have you watched this year, John? Tell the truth. None. One. Right. One. One. Yeah. Okay. I have watched none. Yeah. And I was a Dodger fan when I lived in Vegas. I was a Dodger fan. I watched the Dodgers every day. Um. I. I don't see them every day. I don't know who's playing for them anymore. Freddie Freeman is. Well, that I know. <laughs> no, there's I one guy. There's one guy you mentioned. But who's their shortstop today? Uh, isn't it day? Isn't it? Uh, uh, let's see. Ron says at third. Lopes is at second. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bill Russell. Yeah, there Bill you go. Russell. How's that? How's that, uh, JP? There you go. So uh, he, he might be off by a couple years. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, he's taking the, taking you back forty years. The, the, the Dodger correct, lineup. The correct <laughs> answer would be Miguel Rojas. But uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Now, if you watch the Dodgers, if you're a fan on the West Coast, you know that, but I don't. Because Maybe you I, should. I you can't follow all thirty teams, and and that's what you need to do. You need to narrow it down. Heck, I don't know the I don't know the Boston Red Sox as well as I should. But still, you know, there's fourteen games against the Red Sox this year. That's an important baseball game. Tampa Bay, Baltimore, New York, those are important games if you live in Toronto, and if you live in New York, they're likely important too. You know, and the teams that are in your division, outside the division, who cares? The, uh, can know, I tell you one thing about about the Jays what? that I think really is interesting to me? No. Is is well, listen to this. <laughs> I think when you look at when you look at Toronto's recent performance over the last several years, and where Vlad and Bo are in their in their service time window, this is a really crucial year for them, sure. and. And we are at a point where when you look at how they're playing and how good Baltimore is and how good Tampa is and how the Yankees keep finding ways to win, the unfortunate part of this for Jays fans is for this generation of players, it's becoming possible that their window to win is closing before it ever truly opens. 
And and I, I really I believe certainly they've got still another year or two with with Vlad and Bo, but they've got some big decisions to make. They have not had playoff success with this particular collection of players yet. Bob and John, I I I, I look at this team with a, an extraordinary amount of urgency because they're going to have a hard time keeping this core together into perpetuity as the division are around them. Look at maybe uh, maybe there's a there's a big change coming. We talked about this uh, before the show started. Before you got here, you know we tried talk about you know Guerrero has said he wants to play his entire career in Toronto. Well, two years ago you would there wouldn't even have been a doubt. You want this guy the rest of your life? Do you still? I mean, well, is is Guerrero the guy now? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. The shortstop is the guy, and it's not because of his defense, of course. But offensively, this guy has been as good as anybody in baseball the last three years, Bichette. And batting point, average, RBIs, take a look. Right. So here's right here, there. Here's the interesting point for them to have to deal with as, as an organization. One of two things has to happen. Either Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins will all of a sudden make decisions that are completely inconsistent with the way they've always run things in Cleveland and in Toronto. And by that, I mean, find ways to keep both Vlad and Bo. Mm -hmm. Either they have to totally change the way they do things, or they're going to lose one or both. Okay. So you're going to lose one or the other as like right now today, which one do you lose? Well, I would say this right now, Bo is more valuable to them than Vlad. Correct. here is here is one of the big ironies too. Look, it, compare side by side the offensive productivity right now of Rowdy Telez and Vlad. I'm not saying for the next ten years. I'm not saying. No, for the, I, I get I get you, but we right all knew now, we we knew this guy was a was a good ball player, Telez. And he's what you had this guy who would play third would play third base. Who couldn't play third base, so you had to put him in first. Well, that's the end of it. I this just is got another it. flashback, by the way, boys, because Bob is Bob was espousing Rowdy Telez at first base for how many years, Bob? Well, I was. I, I know. I thought he was. <laughs> a, I thought he was a, a potentially a great ball player, and he's and, proving to be a pretty good one. And Speaking and the other the other aspect the other aspect of this Bichette Guerrero conversation is where where do you put the where do you put Chapman in the conversation? That's exactly what I was about to say. You've got to figure out what the future is of one of your more valuable players who is Oof. a agent after this season. And this but is lot, why you're right. You're right, but but you can't make that decision now because you have to look at your minor league system and see if there's somebody available who's half decent at third base, and you have to look at the trade possibilities. I right mean, now, first month he was player of the player of the uh, month in the American League. You know, you, you weren't thinking about moving him. Now, back to normal. He's a as, good defensive third baseman. But is, a, he, is he a great hitter? I don't know. Quick note to your question about where, where Vlad ranks among first basemen in the sport. This is not the be-all, end-all metric, but it is a helpful way to to think about how much value you are getting. At the moment, in wins above replacement, Vlad ranks 12th among first basemen in Major League Baseball. 12th. He's behind Freddie Freeman, Yandy Diaz, Paul Goldschmidt, 
Anthony Rizzo, Pete Alonzo, Matt Olson, Ryan Noda of the Athletics, Lamont Wade Jr. of the Giants, Nathaniel Lowe of the Rangers, Christian Walker of the D-backs, and Connor Joe of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right now, again, that's that's that is he one ranks twelfth among first basemen, right? Yes, uh, and that's according to Fangraphs.com. Wins above replacement. Rowdy Telez right now ranks nineteenth. But in power numbers, I, I suspect that it will be a, a little bit of a different conversation. Home runs hit by third ba- by first baseman this season. The top group is Alonzo at 20, Olsen at 17, Diaz at 12, Rowdy Telez at 12, Rizzo at 11, and Vlad right now has eight. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. <laughs> now, do we have to recalibrate? Take a break, John. Okay. All right. Take a All break. Right, let's do that, and then we'll come back with uh, more. J.P. Morosi is with us. We'll be back after this. We all know how to use the internet, but most of us don't know how the internet uses us. So instead of figuring out how I can protect myself from the unknown that is the World Wide Web, I just got NordVPN to do it for me. First and foremost, what's a VPN? It stands for Virtual Private Network. Pretty much a VPN creates a secure connection from your device to your network, and NordVPN does it the best. It took me literally the click of one button to connect to their security package, and now all six of my devices are protected from malware, web tracking, intrusive ads, and infected files. Also, it has access to over 6,000 servers across the world, which means if a TV show or movie doesn't stream in your country, you can just switch to a country server where it does. Get four extra months and a 30-day money-back guarantee when you buy NordVPN by heading to nordvpn.com slash bobcast. Go to nordvpn.com slash bobcast for four extra months on your security package. We are back. J.P. Morosi is with us from uh, New York. Shannon, you had something you wanted to ask before we broke. Jump in. Do do we have to recalibrate our thought process of what kind of ball player Guerrero is? You know, because, you know, the 48 home run season now, it appears to be the abnormal season to compared to what Vladdy has become. You know, he's not the long ball hitter that we once we, we once believed he was, or at least he hasn't been for the last couple of years. So do we have to change our thought process on what kind of player he is? Sure you do. I, I think you have to consider before you make that massive investment – before you think about buying up the next eight to 10 years of his career, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a contract similar to what Rafael Devers signed with the Red Sox. And I don't don't know if it it takes on anymore. Like there was a point JP where we were talking about, you know, could this guy be a 40, $50 million a year guy? Like after that 48 home run season in that year. And legitimately you could say, yeah, you know, this has got to be the next, you know, mega contract in baseball. This is a guy who deserves it. Would you give him $40 million a year now? I wouldn't. Well, it depends on how many years we're talking about. But I think oh, the reason why I, miss- I don't care how many years. I wouldn't give him $40 million for one year. I wouldn't give him $40 million for 10 years. I don't care. He's not a $40 million guy. Well, and, and so th- this that's is what he point. wants. I let him walk. So, so here's, Bob, here's one of the really important ways to look at this. The reason why I mentioned, the reason why I mentioned where Vlad ranks among first basemen is that every decision that a team makes, especially in a non-salary cap sport, has to be made with an eye toward what are your available alternatives and what does that 
plan look like in terms of how you if if you were to let Vlad walk, what do you do? And the reality is at that position, his production is good. It's it's above average, but it's not Hall of Fame level. First basemen are supposed to hit like this. And what what that number that I gave you in terms of wins above replacement represents is that Vlad is a very good hitter. In some ways, you could still call him a great hitter, but is he the kind of hitter that you're willing to close off all options for for the next 10 years? And I, I think that, I understand. That's, that's where I start to wonder. Whereas what No, everybody Bo, does. The answer is no. Right. What Bo does at shortstop, what Bo does at shortstop right now is more special than what Vlad does at first base. Period. Agreed. And that Agreed. and that is where the priority, if I'm the Jays, my priority has to go to the shortstop position and not first base. Well, but again, at the beginning, even in the beginning of this year, certainly two years ago, it would have been the other way around. You would have said Vladdy, would you not? Yeah. We all would have. We all would have. We mm-hmm. said Vladdy is probably a $40, $50 million a year guy and Bichette maybe a $20 million a year guy. Well, I'm not saying Bichette's worth a, a bunch more than $20 million a year, but I'm telling you, I don't know that Vladdy's worth $20 million a year. I think I can find somebody to play first base and give me the kind of numbers that he's giving me for a lot less, a lot less. The answer to that is yes. Look at what Christian Walker's making. Look at what Lamont Wade Jr.'s making. Look what Ryan it's, Nota's making. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, the one thing about first basemen is they tend to be not, they don't tend to be all-round players. They tend to have specific benefits. They are long ball. You got to, you got to get, you have to have your, have a bat at first base. You got to have a bat. Yeah, of some kind. Yeah. But some some of them are average hitters and some of them are home run hitters, John. And and Bob, remember this too, Bob and John, this is a really important point about how, easy it is to find a first baseman who hits now a certain number of those first basemen are left-handed and without the shift right their averages are coming up and so it is a little bit easier to find a left-handed hitting slugger like i don't know that i'd call rizzo a slugger but someone like what rizzo's profile is rizzo by the way is a really good athlete is a really good defender and so you could find someone like anthony I right now would I rather have Rizzo playing first base or Vlad? I would. I'd probably take Rizzo right now. What does Rizzo and make? Not he. He makes the, the Yankees have gotten him at a very very reasonable amount of money. I think he makes somewhere in the range of twenty million a year. Well, all right, there you go. That's but a it, lot it, less than what you would project Guerrero to make. But if the if the Blue Jays' record was comparable to what it is this year, and Vladdy had hit 17 home runs, would we be having this conversation? No, of course not. So, so really, it's it's it, it's the whole con it's 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 the whole concept of what he and how he gets on base more so than anything else. That's really not, the story, not really, right, John? Because we're we're all subject to the same numbers. You know, we look. We would look at 17 home runs and say, "Okay, he's still a power hitter." You know, he's projecting to hit 40 home runs this year. Well, he's not now. Now he's projecting to hit <laughs> maybe 25 home runs. That's a big difference. I got news for you. That's a big difference, especially in a in, in when you have 
you know you have one power hitter, but effectively, look at this roster. You don't have a bunch of power hitters in this roster anymore. You know, this is one of the top home run teams in baseball for a long period of time. They are not now. They yeah, are they, not a home run hitting team. They, they, they traded Hernandez for this. You know, they they knew what they were going to do when they got I rid know. of Hernandez. You wanted to get rid of Hernandez. I mean, so that's just a reality. I don't have a problem with are. that. Yeah. You know, I have, a, I have a lot of other problems. I have a problem that the center fielder doesn't play every day. I have a problem that the left fielder is hitting 210. You know, that we created, traded Guriel, a guy who's having a, another great year to Arizona for a guy who's hitting 210. Can he catch the ball? Sure he can. So what? You know? Was Guriel a horrible drop-the-ball on every fly ball outfielder? No, of course he wasn't. He was not a great defensive outfielder. I'll give you that. And how many runs did that cost them? Like, how many runs of the, a game do they pick up by having a good defensive left fielder as opposed to a mediocre defensive left fielder? It isn't one a game. It isn't a half a run a game. It's something less than that. And yet we focus so much on that kind of stuff and make decisions based on that kind of stuff. I think that's wrong. The I'd trade Guriel back. Uh, on on a a big look at this team, the Jays are a good team in a division that is passing them by. That's that's what they are. They maybe, I they're good. They're good. But look, they but, played they played horribly. They they had a really bad two week stretch that yeah. has made them look like they aren't that good. And. But, you know, and, but Bob, part, part, that, of that, part of that was happens. that when they looked that bad, it was that bad against the American League East. That's you right. Know, they got they got swept by swept or every series got they got beaten by their own rivals in their own division. That was the thing that really was of more consternation than anything else. Right. right. But but here's here's the point. Let's look at this division and and we have to ask the question: What evidence have we seen? to this point in the season that tells us that they are better than Tampa or Baltimore or the Yankees. Right now they are in this, in, so far, they are three and four against the Rays. They are three and four against the Yankees and they're 0 and three against Baltimore. They're not beating and they're 0 and four against the Red Sox. Right. They, they have a losing record individually against every single team in their division. And so you we have to understand, have, you know, we know that. And yeah. what does that mean? It means that they're in last place or second last place. It means they have not yet shown to us, to the baseball world, that they can beat the teams they eventually need to beat to go somewhere. And remember, this is not a team that was supposed to be competing to barely get the sixth spot. Do do you think do you think that they will go 0 and 14 against any of these teams? Or one no. and thirteen, or two and twelve, even. I, I'm just no. not convinced. That I think they're. I I know I watch them every day. I I'm not saying that they are better than any of those teams: Baltimore, New York, Tampa. I, but they're as good, at least as good. Sure, I think they're. But they're better than they're better than Boston, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. Bob, Everybody, this, this, yeah, sure. this is what I'm. This is the point that I'm trying to drive home here. This is not the kind of year in which the Jays were supposed to be saying, "Yes, look at us, we're." Yeah, we're I grant, almost I give as it good as Tampa and almost as good you. as Baltimore, almost as good as New York. They're supposed to be better than these teams. They're supposed to be going to the World Series this year. And if they're not, then you start to take a step back and say, wait a minute. 
what what has this generation of Blue Jays achieved? What have they? It's it's almost like dare I say we're having like a Leafs related conversation right here. Oh, what? Oh, don't go there. Pull it back. What have they done? And well, you, I'll tell you what's happened. You, and you know what's happened. The number their number one pitcher has been horrible. Correct. You, Correct. You, we have not yet talked pitching. And if you add up, add up Manoa and Barrios and how they've done, and that's part of this. That's a huge part of the story right now. Yeah, Barrios has been hasn't been great, but he hasn't been horrible in my opinion. Manoa has been the big disappointment in the starting pitching. The bullpen has been pretty good. Your left fielder is not hitting. Your first baseman isn't getting any home runs. Your center fielder is playing every other day at best. Your your number two catcher is on the sidelines, or your number one catcher maybe, and you're, the other guy who never played two days in a row is suddenly playing three, four, five days in a row because he has to. Your 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 bench guy and, and, is and let's face it and let's face it, Kirk has not had a good season to date. Period, whether he plays a lot or not. Generally speaking, you're right. Offensively, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you I know, mean that was that was a bat. That was a right. bat that was almost guaranteed all of last season. Was that if Kirk got to the plate in a crunch situation, he was able to deliver? Look at this right. is a team. I think has to be looking for trades, don't you? At the dread yes. deadline. Yes. Well, and here's so to your point on and Barrios, I, I should mention this. He is over his last five starts, he has an ERA of two point three. So Barrios has gotten himself back on track. That, that's that's, that's right. Wow. But so here, so here's the thing about their rotation, though, that, that I think needs to be mentioned. How and and I would I would grant you that Manoa is is the outlier in terms of one that's struggling. Yeah, this team is playing. Generally speaking, mediocre baseball, even though they have had the extraordinary either good fortune, good performance, good planning of having their core five starters make every single start this season. Mm -hmm. You know how many teams around baseball would would I understand some of money to have to have had health of that order. And my point is that even with legitimately optimal pitching health. Five, five starters making all your starts to this point in the season. They're still in fourth place. So what do you do Fine. with Manoa? What do you do with Manoa, though? That's that's a question I was going to ask. Because there's a constituency, I think John would attest to this, that watch this team every day that suggests maybe you should send Manoa down and work with him in, in uh, where, where's their mind? Above Buffalo? Yeah. You know, they did that with the best starter in their in their in the franchise's history. Well, he went all the way to Dunedin, Bob. He went back to well, I know, I know. But same idea. Yeah. Send him someplace where he can no pressure, just work on what you're doing. Try and right. figure it out. Listen, um, and, uh, and my answer is I think the I, I haven't watched a lot, but my guess is the Blue Jays don't feel like they have another starter anywhere in the system that they th- feel comfortable in bringing up. There's nobody that's performed great. That is a very good point. And I think if they had another great option, they probably would have made that move by now. Um, now granted, I hope so. I hope that's also, the case. Now, to take a step back, the question is for the Jays, who is the best pitching coach and who is the best environment 
to get the best out of Manoa in terms of the adjustments that he has to make? Is it Pete Walker at the major league level, or is well, it? That's what people will tell a, you, won't they? On a on a quiet backfield in Dunedin or uh, beneath the the not so bright lights of AAA, is is that the best way to do it? But clearly, I'll say this: this team cannot get to where it's supposed to get to with with Manoa pitching like this. I don't so disagree with you. Something has to change. So either either if he's hurt, he's hurt. If he has to make an adjustment, it's probably easier to do that in the minor leagues than it is in the major leagues. I agree. But they are reaching a, from my standpoint, a critical juncture with Manoa and and where he needs to go. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not sitting in the meeting with John Schneider and Alec Manoa and Pete Walker to make that determination. But what we do know is that the current course is not tenable in terms of getting the best out of him and getting the Jays where they, where they need to go. he's He is too important to them. And, and I hope that if they have this conversation, whether it's Roy Halladay, whether it's Max Scherzer, who I saw go to the minor leagues in 2010 when I was covering the Tigers, mm-hmm. there have been some great, all-time great pitchers who have sent to down. go to the minor leagues and, and get an adjustment made. That that, yep. I, no agree. I agree with you on that. Doing that. Is there is there any chance? But is there any chance that you know Manoa is not that old? Manoa has been, you know. That's the whole thing, John. He's what, still no. My a young point kid. is, is, is yeah. that the, with what he's got in his uh, in his in his arsenal, that you know, major league batters actually know how to hit him now, and maybe he has to adapt. Maybe there isn't anything wrong other than you know Bob's brought up his velocity a lot in the last couple of weeks, but you know, is is maybe he's maybe they found him out. And he has to adapt. Well, you can have success still in this league without throwing 100 miles an hour. And and look no further than Clayton Kershaw, who's never really thrown 100, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. So I, I think that's that's an important point where Manoa does not have to throw 100 to have No, some. but you, you have to understand that there is a big difference between 95, 96, which he used to do regularly, and 91, 92, which right. he does regularly now. Right. You're exactly right, Bob. And, and your margin for error, this is where the there's a continuum here where the more velocity you throw with, this, this young man, Ben Joyce, has come up and, and pitching for the Angels. He is averaging 101. His margin for error is wider than Manoa's right now. If well, Manoa's throwing 91, 92, you've got to be absolute pinpoint command for that mm-hmm. to work. He right. has not been. And he has not been, right. You know, there's look at what we can sit here and analyze them all we want. The point is it's not working the way it did. What he's doing is not working as well, and it hasn't all year long. Which means is he learning anything? Is he trying anything different? Is the pitching coach who's one who's acknowledged as one of the best in the business he has is, he had he has he had positive influence on him? and the answers are no but but the pitching coach hasn't created a positive difference and what he's doing is the same thing every game every game the the one thing though and and you touched on it at jp a little bit about you know how the how ross and mark run their operations and patience they seem to have patience at the appropriate times you know can you can be patient with mo just look on the other side of the ledger of how patient they were with Kikuchi. And look, uh, can you imagine this team this year without Kikuchi pitching the way he has? Right. 
Patience is is going to be a very, very important element of this. And I, I think we all know in, in sports and in life, there are times where you need to be patient to let things work out. And there are teams and there are times when you have to actively take a step back. Mm-hmm. And, and what I don't know is I, I'm not smart enough of a pitching analyst or or a coach to know when this when this moment arrives from Manoa, but it sure seems like a, a critical decision point is arriving if his performance doesn't improve relatively well, soon. it's a critical point because of what the expectations of the team are right. yes i know they're in fourth place and they're like nine games out or whatever they are but they are a team that is expected to contend for a championship that is different than a team that is you know five games under 500 and just a mediocre team i think they make that decision i think manoa gets sent down immediately if that was the case they have Manoa here still because they are hoping that he is able to turn it around and in a hurry and positively impact this team because it's important what they don't want to do is give up a victory every week by sending him down and bringing up some stiff from the minor leagues you know they don't they don't want to do that they don't feel they can do that so that's really what's happened. It's the, it's the anticipated success of the ball club that has created a scenario where Manoa stays. Hmm. And is that right? I understand it, but I'm not sure I agree with it. Do you? I, I think that you're right, that, that all things have to be looked at in context. And, hmm. and to your point, the expectation of the Jays and trying to compete in this division, he, as flawed as he may be at the moment, to this point, in the judgment of the Jays, has been their best option for that rotation spot. Well, I and, agree. And now it's it's the it's the old adage of do you get a better performance at the back end at the end of the season and, and for the years to come by taking a step back, by by saying, we're gonna take the pressure off you. You're going to go to AAA for a while. You're going to take a break. Or the other part of this, if there is an underlying injury, and I don't know what that would be, if there is an underlying injury, then I know what it is. Get it fixed. Put them on the IL, and it's sort of it's less of a. If you're on the IL, it's less of a blow to your ego. I guess, yeah. Service time, those those types of things can help if if he's going through a through a dead arm period, whatever it might be. I don't know what's going on, but those that would at least allow him to still get the service time while also working through the issue, whatever is going on. And I think that might be a a reasonable compromise, depending on whatever an MRI would find. Yeah, I don't disagree. Listen, we got to get out of here. Time is our enemy. Uh, lovely to see you as always, JP. Uh, have a safe trip home tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you, you soon. I hope. Thanks, my friends. We'll, we'll get into the uh, the Leafs and Brad for living next time we speak. Maybe. Oh, do you, do you Maybe. know something we don't? No, he knows nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait, guys. Looking forward to it. All the best. <laughs> See you, JP. JP Morosi with us. We'll come back in a moment. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving Froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. 
For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to J.P. Morosi for uh, joining us. Just out of interest, what would you do with uh, with Manoa, Shannon? Well, I, 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 you touched on it, Bob. You know, if they take, even if they take him out of the rotation for two weeks, who's going to pitch? Who's going to be that guy? That's the key question. You know, can you can you tread water? Uh, are you are in better shape of, of bringing somebody out of Buffalo or or is there somebody in the bullpen that can do that you know that uh, emergency start well yeah and you don't you don't have any um you don't have any extra room well, well you don't around, have do Ro- you? you don't have Ross stripling anymore that's right you know now stripling has had it not had a good year in San Francisco because he's been hurt so much but you don't have that body that you don't says, have okay, a guy who you could say you know he can do something right. And and so now they've been really fortunate, as JP talked about. The lack of injuries of their starting five is is really one of the the good stories for the Jays. But when you look at Manoa's efforts, and he's starting today, when when you look at what they've done, it's it's got to be frustrating to know that you know the the bottom half of the rotation has done their job, and the top half, Manoa, hasn't. It's just it's mind boggling. Well, you just don't have would, enough. You, you, you don't you, have but you'd send him to Buffalo, right? You'd send him to Buffalo, right? I think I think you're reaching the point where you got to. Wherever you send him, whether maybe you send him to Dunedin, you know, back to square one, or maybe you send him to Buffalo. I don't know, but I think you're almost at the point right now where having him in the rotation is an obvious negative. You know, John and, was talking. John was talking about the potential of an injury. I would have to think if he was injured. That he would not be in the rotation. I mean, he just he just wouldn't. I mean, well, my why, guess why would you risk? Why well, my guess anything? would be we'd know that. I don't think you're. I think you're right. We don't. Yeah. I don't think they'd risk it. Right. But I think we'd know that he was hurt, and he they have adamantly stated repeatedly that he's not. So, um, I have to assume he's not hurt. And right. I w- I almost wish he was, because at <laughs> least you have the anticipation that. He'll get over this at some point and be the kind of guy he was before. Right now, we have no clue what's going on with him. Do we've we? seen? We, no, we don't. And we've we've seen so many stories, not just with the Jays, but with throughout Major League Baseball, of young, big pitchers with great arms. They get through the you know their their first couple of years successfully, and then they hit a wall. Yeah, you're right. Because everybody knows how to hit them. Well, we'll see what Manoa comes up with tonight, whether it's any different than what he's been most of this year. For John Shannon, Bob McCown, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. 